Yasir Abdullah, Tyler Hudson, and Yaya Diaby. On today's episode of the Locked On Global Podcast, I'm going to tell you why all three of the former Cardinals could be sleepers in this upcoming NFL draft. With that being said, let's get right on into the show. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On, the Louisville podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. As always, I want to say thank you all for making us your first listen of the day. Just a reminder that the show is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. Today's episode of the show, we're talking about why Yasir Abdullah Tyler Hudson and Yaya Diaby, all three could end up being sleepers in the upcoming NFL draft. Um, we'll talk about Yasir first, Tyler second, and Yaya third to conclude the show. So um, let's begin by talking about Yasir Abdullah. Um, let me get this out of the way. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, I made that sound bad. That's not bad at all. Let me get this out of the way for starters because I've been meaning to to say this and I just haven't gotten the opportunity to say it yet. Um, Yasir Abdullah, in my opinion, is one of the most underappreciated players in the past two decades for the Louisville football team. Um, he has been an absolute huge impact. Of, he's made such a huge impact on this team's defense over the past couple of years. In the past two seasons alone, he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, last year in 2021, had 61 tackles, um, three pass deflections, 10 sacks, one forced fumble. Um, this year, however, 63 total tackles, nine and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, and two interceptions. Had one of the best individual games I've ever seen from a defensive player when he did what he did against Pittsburgh. But this season, I, I thought it was an extremely uh, huge disservice to him for him not to be recognized as the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, in which I believe he was. But ultimately, I think that he is one of the best defensive players that the Cardinals have had over the past um, you know, two decades. I started watching Louisville football in 2005, so don't you know get on me for you know being you know nearsighted. I'm just saying two decades, so that's 2003 to 2023. Um, I just don't think that he gets the credit and recognition that he deserves. People know who he is, and people um, are extremely grateful for him, but he has never gotten the national recognition that he's deserved. And I think that, you know, as a fan base, there's a little bit of an underrated aspect to it. I think that, you know, you know, people aren't doubting his abilities, but we don't talk about the impact that he made on this defense enough. And he's going to be a huge loss for next season. Um, Abdullah, the six foot one, 242 pound native of Miramar, Florida, is a guy that currently I would say is probably a day three projected NFL draft selection. I wanted to read this um, the scouting report from Tampa Bay's uh, BucksReport.com. Uh, it's from the report staff. I want to look at the scouting report and what they have uh, said in terms of pros and weaknesses or pros and cons, strengths and weaknesses. 
the weaknesses, we'll go ahead and get those out of the way. Unless he's able to add more weight and strength to his frame uh, at the risk of losing speed and athleticism, he'll lose more often than he'll win if Abdullah is caught in the phone booth with NFL linemen, doesn't play with the physical edge. Abdullah too often wants to run around the edge and has trouble disengaging when an offensive lineman can get into his frame. He could stand to be more violent as a tackler in the run game. Um, I mean, in an essence, I, I think that he is a little bit of a tweener when it comes to uh, the position of what he's wanting to play. Um, is he projected as more of a outside linebacker? I don't look at him as a defensive end, a traditional you know, hand-in-the-ground defensive end. He's probably more so of an outside linebacker, but – I don't get the same sense after watching every single game that he isn't uh, welcoming, you know, going through linemen. I, I just doesn't play with the physical edge. That's just that's just not true. Um, that's I think very misguided. Um, I just disagree with that. Looking at the strengths, um, combines excellent power with initial quickness, but one of his best attributes is his violent hands. So, I mean, that alone kind of contradicts what was said in terms of doesn't play with the physical edge. Um, combines power with quickness using hands. I mean, Abdul has violent hands and consistently breaks away and disengages from blockers. Instinctive reading and reacting, locating the ball quickly. Finishing plays as an authoritative wrap-up tackler. Vision to locate the ball and recognize to cut blocks. Can rip past blockers and pull down ball carriers when he cannot fully disengage from linemen. Flashes the ability to shoot gaps as well, and he is a threat to line up inside on passing downs. Closing burst is outstanding, and he routinely finished plays last season. Has range and toughness as a run defender capable of dropping anchor to set the edge and showing the acceleration to chase down the backside. In pursuit, Abdul wins with all-out hustle, second and third effort, and will contribute in the NFL. This was composed uh, literally today, February 4th. So, I think that that scouting report is a little bit contradictory. I think that um, you know saying that he doesn't you know invite the physical aspect of it, but uses the physical aspect of it to win. I, I just, I mean, I, I think more so you know he uses speed rather than strength. But he's not a small guy. You know, six foot one, two hundred forty pounds is pretty solid for an outside linebacker. Um, I think that you know he's probably going to be a day three selection. But also, I think that he's a guy that's been very decorated in college where, you know, maybe scouts are overlooking it. And I know that it's all based upon potential, and it happens in the NBA draft, the NFL draft, where people overlook production in the name of potential and what a player could be down the road rather than what he is right now. So I get it, and I understand why he's not as highly rated, you know, going into this upcoming NFL draft. But I think that he is an extremely solid value pick on day two, or I'm sorry, day three, uh, that could maybe end up on, on at the back end of day two. But I would probably, you know, assume that he goes day three. And he's a guy that if you draft him, you know, between rounds five through seven, you're getting a player that is going to give you all out effort, going to give you a ton of speed off the edge, a player that I think that at the next level, I think ceiling, you're looking at a starting caliber outside linebacker that is specializing and rushing the passer and I think that the floor is a player that is going to excel on special teams and uh, possibly be a rotational piece so um, like I said hard to obviously project how good a player is going to be at the next level when it comes to a, a guy being a round four through seven 
day selection. So I'm not trying to be too unrealistic one way or the other. I'm trying to be unbiased in my approach here. I think that he has the skill set to be a very, very solid pass rusher at the NFL level. Uh, Whether or not he's going to be a star Pro Bowl level guy, I I mean, probably not just because it's very, very hard to get to that. But I do think that, you know, he has that twitch, has solid hands, you know, has that violent violent burst off the line of scrimmage to where I can see how he would be a guy that, you know, fits into the mold of a, um, you know, rotational edge rusher that provides a solid punch at the line of scrimmage. So at the end of the day, um, I think he could definitely be a sleeper come April when the draft rolls around, a guy that ends up on day three, possibly, you know, round five, six, and seven, and a team is going to get a very, very decorated uh, defender in college, a guy that, um, you know, we t- you, you can't talk about it, Yasir Gulen, like, oh, is he going to be, or how good is he? How good is he going to be at the next level? I know that college doesn't always translate to the professional realm, but it's not like he didn't go up against solid offensive linemen in his career here at Louisville, and he had two seasons where he almost recorded over 10 sacks. So he's very, very uh, decorated collegiate player, and I think he could definitely be a um, very solid player at the next level um, in the right system. I think system is going to matter, as it does with almost every player. So you have to look at things that way. has to you know be in the right system, but ultimately I'm very, very excited for what Yasir Abdullah can do at the next level. And um, – Want to just give a shout out to him. Want to you know just say thank you for all that you uh, have done here at Louisville, uh, both on and off the field, for you know being a consistent ambassador for this team, for this program, for this school, for this community. Um, in my opinion, uh, one of the all-time greats on the Louisville defensive front, and um, you know one of the best Louisville players over the past two decades that needs to be recognized as such. Um, with that being said, let's talk about our next player. Wide receiver, Tyler Hudson. We'll talk about why he could be a sleeper here in just a second after we talk about our friends and the title sponsor of the show, FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America. That's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Um, With Super Bowl 57 rolling around, there is the no-sweat first bet opportunity. You can get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim that no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Also want to take this time to tell you about our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can haul, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve those goals. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Cardinal fans, thanks again for making Locked On the Louisville your first listen of the day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. Plus, hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. 
Alrighty, transitioning over into the second segment of the show, talking about Tyler Hudson only spending one season with the Cardinals, and what a season it was. The Louisville passing offense wasn't necessarily all that potent this year as it was expected to be, but that did not take away from what Hudson was able to do. The Central Arkansas transfer had 69 catches, 1,034 yards, only two touchdowns, but averaged 15 yards per reception. Um, only the seventh member in program history at the wide receiver position to eclipse the 1,000-yard uh, threshold, and what a season it was for him. Um, an FCS All-American that transferred into Louisville um, had to battle through some rough offensive play, but didn't let that deter what he was able to do on the field. Um, the six foot two, one hundred ninety-seven pound native of Spring, Texas, um, had a fantastic season. I think he is a wide receiver that people are not talking about enough. At the NFL draft level, I, I know that there are a ton of very, very solid wide receivers, and I'm not saying that he's a top five, top ten guy at the position, but I don't hear people talking about him basically at all, and people need to. I understand he's not the biggest receiver, not the fastest receiver, but he is extremely solid. I, I'm kind of on the fence about pro football focus, PFF for short. They have some very insightful grades um, when it comes to grading players, but I, sometimes I don't think it tells the full tale. But Tyler Hudson, the number one rated wide receiver in single coverage in all of college football this past season. That's something that needs to be talked about that is simply not being talked about. I want to talk about uh, some of the um, you know scouting report when it comes to Tyler Hudson talking about um you know strengths and weaknesses uh let's see this is from nfldraftbuzz.com um let's look at the weaknesses first while hudson has the athleticism to be a catch and run threat he's never seemed comfortable catching gathering and transitioning to a runner hudson fights hard for the ball but he too often fights to catch it there are too many double catches on his highlight reel it shows up in contested catch situations in the red zone. He'll have to develop a better feel for sitting down against zone coverage. Um, in terms of that, I think that this past season, he's looked a little bit more comfortable, especially as the year has gone along in terms of catch and run. I don't necessarily think the passing offense for Louisville did him any favors when it comes to schemes and uh, route trees. Um, Hudson was really along with him and Amari Huggins, Bruce, uh, had a ton of attention from opposing, um, defenses. So at the end of the day, I look at those, you know, remarks on his weaknesses. Um, I, I think that, you know, looking at the highlight reel sometimes can skew, um, you know, overall ideas on things. Um, I, I think that as a route runner kind of makes up for that, um, you know, yards after catch ability, although I don't necessarily think that he's a guy that can't get the yards after catch. But um, looking at his strengths, when used downfield, Hudson shows the ball tracking skills and hand-eye coordination to make the adjustment on underthrown balls and back shoulder throws. Hudson has quick feet and good body control, allowing him to gear down and quickly to get in and out of cuts. His hands are good, and he's a creative runner after the catch with the elusiveness to slip tackles in space. See, here we go. Here's the contradiction that we continue to see. Uh, the weakness was that uh, he never seemed comfortable catching, gathering, and transitioning to a runner. But then one of the strengths says he's a creative runner after the catch with the elusiveness to slip tackles in space. I digress. 
has long arms to stiff arm defensive backs in the open field, willing to lower his pads to run through tackles for extra yardage, goes over the middle, can spin out of tackles, and takes the big hit. He's coordinated with soft, reliable hands, and he shows the ability to adjust to balls thrown behind him, as well as a knack for digging out low throws. He's a precise route runner, creating separation when used on quick outs and stop patterns in college. Hudson has good stop-start ability and lateral agility, has the strong hands, any NFL wide receiver coach and quarterback would covet, tracks the deep ball over either shoulder and brings in passes fluidly without breaking stride downfield. So, I mean, I agree with a lot of those strengths. I think Hudson's number one strength, in my opinion, if I had to choose, would be his route running. I think that that's what kind of creates that um, that ability to create separation close to the line of scrimmage downfield. Um, I would probably give him a little bit more um, credit going downfield and creating that space um, and being able to move, you know, after the catch is made and being able to create that, um, you know, space after the catch. So ultimately, you know, he's a guy that like Yasir Abdullah will probably end up hearing his name called on day three. I could see him if he were to test well at the combine, um, assuming that he got a combine um, addition um, or, I'm sorry, invitation. If you were to test well, I think that, you know, you could see a team maybe take a flyer on him like they did with Des Fitzpatrick um, early on in round four. Um, not the quickest, not the strongest, not the tallest receiver. So I, I don't necessarily see him going on day one or two. I think he's probably going to be round four to round six, in my opinion. Uh, then again, I'm not a scout and things do change. That's probably from just what I'm seeing, you know, Projections-wise, mock drafts, big boards, things of the nature. I think that he's extremely slept on. He could be a guy that you know could make an impact as a rookie, as a um, tertiary uh, option number three for a team that's able to line up in the slot, able to be in the two deep at the position. Um, if he goes to a team that needs wide receivers, I could see him carving out a role um, here in a situation to where kind of like a tutu Atwell with the Rams, although he was a second round selection, um, you could see him slide into uh, an offense that allows him to play right away. I'm not necessarily you know saying that he's going to be a thousand yard receiver right away, and maybe you know he won't be the steal of the draft, but I do think that he has all the skills, all the um, abilities to be a solid level player at the NFL position. I think ceiling is um you know maybe a number two uh, a starting level number two is probably the ceiling and then the floor is a rotational piece um but uh, like i like i said six foot two receiver that really really looked good this past season for louisville when you look at what he did for central arkansas um you know back in 2021 62 catches 1229 yards eight touchdowns um had a 93 yard touchdown so this whole narrative that he's not good after the catch I think that that's a little bit nearsighted. I think that that's a little bit misguided. So I would say that, um, you know, along with Yasir Abdullah, he is a player that uh, very decorated in college, but doesn't have um, that size or speed that allows you to think that he's going to go a little bit higher um, in the NFL draft. So talked about Hudson, talked about Abdullah. In the final segment, we're going to talk about Yaya Diaby and why he also could be an NFL draft sleeper. We'll do that here in just a second after we talk about our friends over at Built Bar. Um, if you're looking for a treat but don't want to necessarily give up um, the 
the New Year's resolutions of trying to get in a little bit better shape, then Built Bar is the place for you. They have all the healthy benefits of a protein bar, they're, but they're covered in 100% real chocolate. So healthy is actually tasty. They taste like a candy bar, and they're so delicious. They You won't even think they're good for you. They have a ton of wide variety from churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and more. I don't know how they do it. Built is usually something that you have to get online, but no more. You can get it now at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. But if you're more of a Sam's Club person, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. But you can find that all at Built.com. Heading into the final segment of the show, we're talking about Louisville Cardinals football players that could end up being NFL draft sleepers. Kittrell Clark, we talked about um, in a previous episode. We just talked about Yasir Abdullah and Tyler Hudson. Yaya Diaby is another prospect that I think could be very solid at the next level. You look at what he was able to do. Uh, 2022 had 37 total tackles, nine sacks, which is a career high. Absolutely fantastic. Season for him on the Cardinals defensive line, two fumble recoveries and two pass deflections. The six foot four, 270 pound native of Atlanta, Georgia, came from the JUCO ranks and has spent the past three years with the Cardinals, getting better each and every season. And now he is coming off of a very solid season, like the other two, probably projecting on day three of the NFL draft. Uh, NFLDraftBuzz.com has him projected as the 258th best prospect, 43rd best defensive lineman. Um, Looking at his scouting report, let's look at the weakness. Never out of a play, but can get out of control and work himself away from the action. He's heavy-footed and lacks any kind of dynamic athleticism in his lower body. Diaby lacks the speed and range to consistently chase down plays in pursuit. Um, I I mean... I think that there is some truth that he's more of a strength player rather than utilizing, um, you know, exceptional speed. But I do think that, you know, he has a a crafty ability to get after the quarterback. Looking at the strengths, Diaby is a high motor pass rusher who shows a good feel for countering. He has the functional strength to bounce off tackles and close on the quarterbacks with second effort. Made Bruce Feldman's freaks list, ranked number 85. He wrote, Diaby has emerged as a solid player, making 39 tackles and three tackles for loss in 2021. 6'5", 280-pound senior with the 8'1 wingspan. 8'1 wingspan. Is that... Is that a... 8'1"? Oh, man. That's absolutely wild. Wingspan can really move for a big man, topping out at 20.8 miles per hour on the GPS. His vertical jump is in the mid-30s, and his broad jump is 9 foot 11. His bench press is also up to 385 pounds. What is up with the contradiction here? No speed, or lacks speed, and range to consistently chase down, chase down in pursuit. But then also goes to say topping out at 20.8 miles per hour on the GPS can really move well for a big man. I don't know. Regardless, plays with exceptional balance and body control, showing a nasty spin move to counter his speed. You see what I'm saying? (laughs) Explodes off the line with a quick first step. Do you see what I'm saying? With agile feet to counter inside and closing burst to finish plays. 
You can't make it up. Uh, delivers a strong punch and uses his hands to shed blocks to make plays in the hole and outside the box. Uses the lower body strength to anchor inside. Combines excellent power with initial quickness. But one of his best attributes are his violent hands. I agree with that, which he uses with impressive precision. His long limbs and strong core allow him to power through blockers and has the flexibility to loop inside and get home on twists. This is no disrespect to any of the other guys. I think Yaya Diaby probably has the highest ceiling. I think he has the potential to be a very, very true NFL draft sleeper on day three, probably, you know, rounds four to seven, uh, rounds probably five to seven, I guess you would say, um, which makes a lot of sense. But, man, does he have the physical tools? He has the explosiveness. I think that Diaby is a guy that, you know, can transition into a player that plays all three downs, you know, has shown the ability to be solid in the rushing defense. But ultimately, I think ceiling is um, a starting level pass rusher defensive end. I think, you know, your um, floor is probably, you know, your rotational piece again, like the other players. So um, not necessarily saying he's going to be a, a star player by any means, but I think that he's going to be like Hudson, like Abdul, who are all value picks. He's going to be a value pick on day three, a guy that's very, very decorated in college, a player that uh, has the tools, has the physical attributes, has the um, you know technique to be a very, very solid defensive end in the NFL. I think that you know he has an NFL ready frame, and he is a player that you might be able to enter right away and um, see some time on special teams. Um, you know, a guy that is used as a rotational piece, so on and so forth. So, um, you know, needless to say, I think that, you know, although all projected to go on round three, I think that Yasir Abdullah, Tyler Hudson, and Yaya Diaby are players that could end up being sleepers in the NFL draft. So uh, that's going to wrap up this episode of the show. Obviously, I will not be posting episodes uh, Monday through Friday this upcoming week. I will be out of town due to work, so be sure to keep that in mind. But uh, pro- I apologize for the programming the scheduling inconsistency but we will continue to try to get out episodes as soon as we can but that's going to wrap up this episode of the show everyone have a great day we'll see you right back here very soon go cards